0: Yo, John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing. What's up? Sunday night. It's already midway through twenty uh, January 2023. Wow. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Do you guys even remember COVID? Do you remember those lockdowns? Remember where we were locked inside for two years? Do you remember that? Jesus. Time flies. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, I had a good day, boys. Had some football. They're playing the flag footballs here. And uh, it's a long day because they have practice for an hour, they have a game for an hour, and there's two of them, and they're different ages. So we're stuck there for four hours. I'm sitting in the sun, (laughs) hanging out. I think I might bring my ukulele and start playing while I watch just to practice. And maybe I can bring the ukulele back, uh, bring the uke back to the show because. I'm, uh, not playing as much as I used to, but, um, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you guys are going and checking out the robot dog stuff, right? I got that on my spread shirt. I got a QR code. You can tap that or, um, follow the links in the description below. But yeah, guys, um, there were fights fights I did not see the KSW there was a KSW fight in Poland I did not see it. Uh, Michael Mardela, former middleweight champ over there fought Kemal Grove and uh, Kennel Grove lost. but I did not I' say I saw pieces of that fight but I didn't see anything else. UFC 283 let's get into it. UFC 283. there were some okay fights. there were some people to keep eyes on okay. Uh, let's get going and I'll talk about the significant fights, at least significant to me. We'll go to the early prelims and, uh, first and foremost, the Ishmael Bonfim versus Terrence McKinney. Terrence McKinney has been a lot of fun to watch. His story is really cool. Um, and, uh, you know, I was hoping for him to win, hoping for success for him. But this was uh, Ishmael's first UFC fight. He was 18 and three going into the fight, and they were really hyping him. And he 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 was he met up to the hype. He did. He met up to the hype. I was like, man, they're really trying to sell this guy. But it was it was a good fight, back and forth. But Ishmael is solid. It'll be interesting to see what he does next at uh, lightweight. Terrence McKenna, McKinney, I Hope he I hope he bounces back. I really do. Um, another big fight on the early prena- prelims. For me was the uh, man. I don't even know if I can say his name right. Jailton, Jailton, Almeida, right? So Almeida, he fought uh, Shamil Abdurakhimov. Abdurakhimov, Shamil Abdurakhimov. There we go. Uh, he fought well, and he he smashed him. He's a heavyweight. He fought at heavyweight. He looks like he can fight at light heavyweight. This guy, I don't know what his deal is. He could he could be a big problem for a lot of guys that light heavyweight and heavyweight. Uh, I really want to keep an eye on him. But I went to look at his record and stuff and I noticed he yeah, had this fight his last fight UFC was when was this? September 10th, 2022. Right? He beat Anton uh College and that was at a catchweight. Right? He submitted him and then the last time he fought before that like, was before 2021. Like, he, did, he did not fight. He was scheduled in 2021, did not fight. So he's only got two fights in the UFC over more than two years. Does uh, this guy have injury issues? I don't know. I don't know enough about him. But, man, there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of good matchups and a lot of good fights that could come from uh, that feller. Did you guys see him? What did you guys think about that guy? <laughs> Floodland is saying first rule of ukulele club is don't talk about ukulele club. All right, all right, all right, Um <sighs> Yep, yep. So I am Alameda, that's that's uh something to keep an eye on, I really think. That's something to keep an eye on. Uh, uh, pre- prelims. Then we go to the preliminary round. And uh, what were the uh, fights there? Um, Thiago Muesos, second round submission. He looked good. Um, Bruno Fiera knocked out Rodriguez, Greg Rodriguez. Rodriguez, man, he's... he's Durable and he stands and throws, but he's gotten. He got. I guess he he. I see one. He won last fight. He won last fight. I think he fought Cheedy. Right. He had that bad cut. He tends to get cut bad. Uh. But yeah, he he won this fight. yep. He knocked out Cheedy, but he he got cut bad and he almost lost that fight. It was a good fight. I think it was a fight of the night when they fought. He's got a win over Marquez. Lost to our man Petrosian. So he's he's kind of a journeyman in a sense. But he got knocked out in the first round by Bruno. We'll see what Bruno does next. And that's all right. So this is the first, like, what WTF. WTF on this one. Mar- Mauricio Shogun Hua after how many years fighting with the UFC he's um <laughs> after how many years of fighting with you he's retiring so what do they do what do they do they set him up with a young killer okay the uh, uh Ihor Pochira he, he was a beast he was a beast he was on him like flies on stink it's a first round knockout finished him in the first in the fourth minute, there was no reason whatsoever for Shogun to fight this guy. It did no benefit to anybody. Who did this benefit? Like, I'm not any more excited about watching that guy, Ihor. Like, I don't, you know, I'm like, I'm not that inclined. To be like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see Ehor fight again. I will watch him fight again. Yes, but I'm not like super excited because, yeah, he fought an old guy. He fought an old guy in his retirement fight. With all that stuff that that Shogun has done for the UFC, building up the UFC, with all of the knockouts and all the highlights and all the video stuff that they have accumulated and will use to continue to make money down the future indefinitely, they they put him on an undercard. He's a prelim fight, and they give him a killer. What the hell is going on? What the hell is going on? Was it a retirement fight, or is he just leaving the UFC? So they're like trying to screw, screw, his, screw them up. We're gonna cripple you. We're gonna do everything we can to cripple you, make you fight the biggest killer, very possible. You know he's gonna. We want you to die. Like what the hell? And we're gonna put it on the undercard, so nobody sees your last fight with us. What the hell? WTF? It makes no sense at all, man. It makes like these people are just. Downright evil, I think, sometimes. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, this guy put in so much blood, sweat, tears to fight hard, to win, to draw in eyeballs, to bring people to your organization, to to build you up, to build up your platform so that people want to watch and do stuff and see other people so you can make money. You exploit him, steal most of the money that he's made, right? Because they're paying out everybody less than 20%. So they're stealing, at least, you know, these top earners are stealing like 50% of what they probably could have made, maybe more. And then they're going to put them on the undercard, make them fight a killer, and they'll probably talk mad shit about them. Like, zero respect. I am here, says it. They have zero respect for anyone. They're awful. (laughs) They're awful, absolutely awful human beings. Terrible human beings. Uh <clears throat> interesting, interesting. Tyler Durden's a stupid name says, Ukrainian has a padded record. You could pull it up. Ivor has had a made way. He looked good, though. That may be 100% true, but I will give him a credit. He looked good in that fight. Shogun is old. Yes, he's worn. You know, they are showing highlights of him and pride and other stuff and, like, his body, looking at his body then compared to what it is now. It's just not even, it's so not the same at all. And uh, I don't know, man. But he did He did so much. He's done so much. He's brought in so many people. I, I've known a lot of people who've watched Shogun fight and became instant fans of the sport. Paying for these pay per views, giving money to these organizations. Yet he's gonna, they're going to put him on the undercard, make him fight a killer. And I, it's just, I don't know, disrespect, man. These people are gross. They're gross people. They're gross all right main card main card some stuff happened in the main card uh johnny walker paul craig man paul craig can't catch a break <laughs> uh he's had he's such a good fighter triangles the shit out of everybody uh but man he loses here every once in a while let's see he beat beat hill Right in twenty twenty one he beat okay, so last year he beat uh Kirlov, he beat Odzimir, twenty twenty-one, he beat Hill, he beat the current champ. Um he beat Shogun. He beat Antigulov. You know, he's got a lot of wins. You know, tough guy, but he caught the short end of the stick on this fight because he got it on that single leg. He picked it up. He's looking to finish. And I talk about this all the time when I'm teaching guys. Like in MMA in fighting, you do not treetop the single leg. You do not treetop the single leg. The treetop is you pick the single leg up, you pick it up by the knee or the ankle. Okay. When you're at the knee or the ankle, you're close enough that they can hit you, but they can hit you with power. They can create torque in that range. Oh, See, I just torqued in the microphone. They create enough torque, they can do damage. I train with Chidi and in, in Vegas. He's tall. I'm six foot, he's like six three, six four, he's long, okay? If I would catch a leg, catch a kick, and and try to treetop sweep his leg, first off, his legs are so long, if I'm at the ankle, I can't reach the other foot. And then he's still able to reach me with his reach because he's, he's tall. He's long. So he cracked me a couple times and I was in on a single leg. It didn't feel good. And I was like, okay, that's a bad idea. We're not doing that anymore. And this is a perfect situation where that's what happened. You know, you got both hands tied up on the leg, and that guy is in punching range. You're in, in punching power range. He's going to have a hard time hitting as hard on one foot, but he can still plant and, and throw. You know, it's risky because he could miss and off-balance himself and make the takedown easier for you. But like he did, like Craig did, or uh, Walker did last night, he was able to land, do damage, and finish the fight. It's nasty. Uh, and Andrade with the win over Murphy. Let We get to Gilbert Burns and Neil Magny. And <clears throat> this is one of those things why Neil, I guess, doesn't get as much push and as much love because he does a great job you know, ninety percent of the time. But when he gets some of these guys who are these top teners, he struggles. And Gilbert Burns looked to be on fire. He was—he looked really solid. He was really aggressive. First round submission. You know, he looked great. He didn't look that bad um, <clears throat> against uh, Kazmit, right? He didn't look at that. He lost the decision, but he didn't—he didn't look great, but he didn't look bad. If he would have fought Kazmit like he did, Magny. He might have won that fight. So I don't know. It's, <clears throat> I guess I guess Kazman moves up, they're not gonna ever run that back, but I don't know. <sighs> and then the fight that just won't stop. <laughs> the fight the fight that just won't stop. Okay. And that's Figueroa and Moreno. They have fought four times now. They have fought four times. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Is the UFC's 125-pound weight division so weak and so shallow that they have to make these guys fight four times? I mean, I was I was told specifically, like, oh, that's, you can't do that. That's not allowed. I had a fight of the night with George St. Pierre. But they're like, oh, no, you can't uh, do that because that would be terrible to have another fight of the night between you two guys. <laughs> like, what? What? but they keep making them fight and now it's two and two in the series. Right? So they're going to fight a fifth time. They're going to, it's happening. There's going to be a fifth fight between those two guys. And I could not care less. I could not care less. I don't care. I'm I'm doing something else next time. I'm not even going to cover it. (laughs) I'm over it. It's like, really? There's nobody. There's nobody. You got no one. You just have to keep making that fight. It's not that good they're not they weren't that good of fights they've had you know whatever the first one maybe the second one or whatever but i was super bored in the last one i didn't like it and then this meh i wasn't excited for it I didn't care it's like didn't we already see this a couple times See, I'm not the only one. I am here, says, laugh my ass off. Is there going to be another Moreno versus Fig rerun? We are all over it. I didn't even watch. Yeah, so there's guys already who aren't aren't even watching. They don't care. Oh, I hear, I hear. That's right. I did hear that. How earns a stupid name says figgy is going up. I guess. Yeah. Figueroa is, is moving up. Good. I guess we won't have to see that crap again. <laughs> I don't want to see it again. I just don't, I don't care. I, I, I'm a, I'm a hard believer in you should never have more than guys fighting more than three times. If they're one guy wins, the other guy wins the rubber match is set. It. You're done. No, no fourth ever. Um, yeah. And I'm even, even rematches. I'm not big on rematches. If it's not vital for moving up the ladder, I, I, there's no point to it in MMA now in boxing. Yeah. Because they get a percentage, you know, they get paid way more. They're making much, much, much larger percentage of the money coming in. So that makes sense because, okay, well it's popular. People want to see it. Well, okay. We can do that. But in MMA, if it doesn't move you forward to the title, there's absolutely zero reason. You're not going to make more money for the fight. You already fought the guy. I mean, if you lost, yeah, okay, you get the rematch and you want to beat him back. That's good. But if you've got the win, there's absolutely zero reason for you to fight that guy unless you're fighting for a title next. If he wins enough fights to challenge you for the title down the road, okay. But otherwise, you, you have so many opportunities for so many other fights to happen. I think it's just really dumb to me. Like a lot of rematches, I just, I don't care about in MMA, especially it doesn't make sense because it's not like they're getting paid any more money to fight that guy again. Nah, nah, pass, nah, pass, a pass. Then we get into the main event and man, the main event, this, uh, I love, you know, um, <clears throat> Glover, I love Teixeira. He's great. Everybody wanted to root for him. Everybody's rooting for him. Everyone to see him win. But he's he's an old man, right? He's an old man. In his forties, and he's you know fighting for a, a, a belt that was vacated. Jamal Hill is is not the most technical fighter. He's not the most greatest fighter. He looks a little soft. He looks like he could harden his body up. Um. Which doesn't really mean much because DC, of course, wasn't, you know, like a bodybuilder. But he looks he looks a little soft. You wouldn't look at him and think he was a fighter necessarily. But he's extremely athletic. He's super um, able-bodied. And he's got, you know, I don't want say I want to say basic, but he's got lower-level technique. But his athleticism gets him by on a lot of it. Um, so he is he's technically the title holder right now but I wouldn't exactly call him the champ because it was some really weird circumstances to allow him to fight for the title. He needs to win another fight with the title. He needs to defend the title, and then we can call him the champ. And, yeah, I, uh, I want to, whatever, vacated a title. I'll say this, yeah, I was a title holder. I was a title holder until I defended against Jake Shields, and then I was definitely a champ. So the fight was good. Glover was tough he wasn't able to finish a lot of those takedowns and he didn't get enough done uh when he did get the takedowns he did a great job with high uh high level attacks on the on the legs right he did like high crotches those type of things but his speed to finish and his turning angles weren't quite there he would kind of take that high level shot get into the hips a little bit and then push his way into a clinch or body lock and push him into the fence which is fine, but he wasn't very. Um, he wasn't doing enough when he did get him to the fence. He wasn't doing enough work. He wasn't wearing him out. He wasn't damaging him enough. You know, Jamal Hill did a great job of escaping, avoiding, and landing good, solid punches the whole fight. And Glover is a tough dude. He was able to take him, walk through him, keep fighting. Uh, was not was not finished. He fought the whole five rounds. Finished his career on his feet. He's walking away. Away, um, Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with Jamal Hill next. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if he becomes a champ, a real champ. But then again, okay, so who's left? Who's left to fight? What's left at uh, light heavyweight? John Jones gone. Who else are we looking at right now? Zamir says, I love Glover. Yep, he's awesome. He's a great dude. And he was, man, he was one of the guys. I, when I got cut from the UFC first, got cut from UFC, I I got invited. I was cornering uh, Ricky Fukuda, Japanese fighter in Japan. And it was an event right after I got cut by them, released by them. And uh, I go uh, to corner him. So I'm at the event cornering, even though I just got released. And uh, Glover pulled me aside. He's like, man, I heard what happened to you. I'm so scared. I was so scared. If I thought to myself, if they can do that to you, How They could do that to anybody. They could do that to me. Like you could see he was visibly shook by them firing me for the reasons that they fired me for. Like UFC knew what they were doing when they were doing what they did to me. They 100%. They were giving messages to the other fighters, and it worked. These guys have come forward and talked to me about it and talked about how scared they are and how afraid they are about what the UFC will do to them if they don't go along with what they tell them. It's just, that's the evilness of a monopoly. Evil monopoly. Okay, so let's, um, now we can get into some more of that monopoly talk. Okay, we're going to talk about Francis Ngannou for the rest of the show, pretty much. Okay, and there's a number of uh, things we can talk about with this Ngannou situation. Okay, uh, first and foremost, you know, uh, Ngannou won his fight with Searle game and decided to sit out until his, his contract expired. Now this is a very interesting situation because contracts never used to expire ever, ever. The reason that his contract expired is because in two seven, 2017, the UFC changed the way they do their contracts. They put in a five year sunset clause from the beginning of the date of your, uh, um, <clears throat> your whatever your contract, your uh, um, not your bout agreement, but your but your your promotional agreement. Sorry, your promotional agreement. And um, oh man, I stuck on that word. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So the day that your promotional agreement starts, which is usually when your first fight is, you have a five-year time period, and your contract expires. No matter how many fights you've had, no matter what's happened with your career or where you're at after that five years, the contract will expire unless you renew it, okay? That is there, that provision is there only because of the class action lawsuit. Francis Ngannou is able to do what he is doing today right now because of me and other fighters like me, Nate Quarry, um, uh, 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 um, Randy Couture, uh, 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 Kung Lee, right? Those guys um, coming forward, we made that change. We made that happen. The largest change, the biggest change, the most important change in the history of MMA that's happened came from us. Okay, don't get it twisted. Don't forget about it. We did that. We made it possible for Francis Ngannou to do what he's doing. Regardless of what anybody wants to say about Francis being um, a hero, Hamza is saying it right now, a good guy or whatever he's doing, he would not have this opportunity in any way, shape or form without us, without what we did, it would never would have happened. He would never have this power. He would never have this ability to do this. We did that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I do question his intent because he hasn't reached out in any way. He's not talking with the MMA Fighters Association. The only reason he is doing what he's able to do now, the only reason he's able to do what he's doing now is because of us, yet he hasn't reached out. He's not talking with us. So I'm very skeptical of anybody who's like, I can't wait to come in and help MMA and MMA fighters, but I'm going to ignore the group of people who's done the most. That makes zero sense. I'm not even going to talk to him. I'm not even going to reach out and ask for advice. Okay. It's very sketchy to me. Very skeptical. I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards he's just angling things because he wants out of, he wanted out of his contract in order to serve boxing. We'll get into that more though. Um, so Francis allowed his contract to expire. He sat out for a while, took some time to heal injuries and things up. And now he's a free agent. And now he's able to talk with other people. Uh, one of the organizations that's talking about getting him is PFL. Now, PFL, uh, I don't think will be able to swing this at all. Um, and the reason is because they offer a million-dollar grand prize at the end of the year. That's peanuts to him. That's peanuts. A UFC pays more than that. So, not guaranteed, but with the pay-per-views, he would make more than that. Are they gonna pay him millions of dollars per fight and the million-dollar grand prize at the end? Because that's what they would have to do. They're gonna have to pay him like eight million, ten million dollars a fight, and pay him one million at the end of the tournament. Is that what is that what they're gonna do? Because that's it just doesn't. It, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think PFL's a serious contender at all in any way. Yeah, Hamzamir said it right here. PFL Camp not Yep. So then we get to uh, Bellator. Bellator is another option.
1: Um,
0: what is it? Bellator was with Showtime. Okay. Where is the uh? Sorry guys, I'm scrolling through something. Can I get this right? Um where is it? I'm sorry guys. But but where is it? Showtime. It's showtime sports or whatever. And um, you know nice lost my place. All right. So UFC offered him. I'm sorry. God damn it. No, it was show, so Showtime Sports, right? Showtime Sports, and they have certain boxers. Um, and, and I think this is actually kind of a okay thing. This could, could be something that happens because... Um, bellator is on showtime showtime could possibly have the money right if they give him if he signs with bellator showtime will allow him to fight boxing sometimes also so he'll get to fight for bellator but i don't think bellator can afford to pay him okay i don't think bellator can afford to pay him but showtime might kick in some money because they realize how much viewership they'll get from it maybe uh they or you know they give them extra money on the back end for the boxing matches. I don't know, but it seems like there's more possibility to keep him in MMA from from uh, Bellator because of the Showtime situation. Showtime also has a number of heavyweights: Deontay Wilder, uh, Andy Cruz, Andy Andy Ruiz Jr., and uh, Frank Sanchez. Those are all guys who are possible fights um, that they can make pretty quickly for Showtime. Um, you'd be working with Al Heyman in that situation, but I don't even think that's going to happen. I don't, I don't think that's, what's going to go on. Um, right. <sighs> because he doesn't need a long-term, like MMA deal. That's not what it is. He, he wants to be able to fight for the highest paid contract whenever he wants to so being a complete independent um being able to sign he should he should be his own promoter i would i would create neganu promotions and now he has to co-promote with all these other promoters i don't, don't sign with them sign with yourself i think that's his best option uh, he has <clears throat> I can't remember the one guy there was another fight that was that was named recently that he could fight but um, Francis or, uh, Tyson Fury recently publicly just made another statement in the last few days about being open to fighting Francis that would be that would be great I would love any of those top guys I would watch Francis box. on top of that I would watch Francis box anyone I don't care if your grandma wants to fight him I'll watch him fight your grandma you can fight a handicapped person. I don't care. I'll watch it because it's Francis Naganu. It's Francis Naganu. We care about the name. We care about the guy. It's not the promoter. It's not the, the letters on the canvas. The guy. I want to watch Francis Naganu fight. I don't care who he fights for. I don't even care that much about who he's fighting. I will watch Francis Naganu smash anybody because it's fun. It's fun. As a spectator, I want to watch it. I'm gonna watch it I don't care I don't care and that's one of the big things uh, people are going off about All right so I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of a thread talking about stuff and this guy did a great job of condensing everything right and this is a guy named Aaron Bronstetter okay he is a MMA reporter TSN sports TSN Edge contributor okay uh aaron.report i believe that's his website a a he's a double a aaron double a aaron is saying that uh, nagana says the john jones fight was in the bar park of eight million dollars that brock lesnar reportedly made for ufc 200 and that he had asked for a three fight deal with no extension clauses and that's supposedly we still don't know exactly what brock made we're estimating we're estimating because it's all secret stuff. Once again, there's no secret pay with the Ali Act. But, oh, that's that'll make it like boxing. Urgh. No, like knowing what other people are making helps you negotiate. It's, it's dumb. All right, so Naganu also asked for the right to have sponsorships, presumably in cage, health insurance, and advocate on board meetings that would represent fighters. He was fairly certain that he would not get those things, but wanted to make it known that those were things he wanted. I think that's just kind of smoke screen stuff. I don't think he really cared because if he really cared about those things, he would have reached out to the Fighters Association. He would have reached out to us about going to Congress and and uh, getting the Ali Act uh, uh, amended for MMA. Like, why wouldn't he have done that? We, he would get all of those things that he wants right there if he would take those actions, if he would take those steps, contact us, work with us, go to DC, New, uh, and, and uh, um, get the signatures with us. That's that's something that somebody who is serious about change would do because those, those are the ways to make it happen. Those are the ways. Those are the steps. We've seen it from other sports. We know what to do. We know what we need to do. We know the legal process of making it happen to give us free agency. We know that. We're trying to carry it out. If we had more support, it would go much smoother, much faster. But he's either hesitant or doesn't care, or he's just worried about making more money by making himself an independent contractor. Like, fully free agent. I think that him saying this, knowing that he's not going to um, get it from the UFC, makes them look bad, because he's asking for nice things. He's asking for nice things for fighters. So he sounds like a really great guy. He's a great guy, and the UFC won't give it to him. They're terrible people. They are terrible people, but I'm just kind of letting you see, like, he's playing this very smart. He's being coached very well because the fans are going to have a harder time being mad at him because, like, hey, he's said, like, hey, man, I just wanted simple things. I wanted health care for the fighters. I wanted all these good things. But he hasn't done any actual steps towards making them happen other than asking for them in this deal. So I think that was just a play. He made a play. It was a good play. Next uh, next little tweet in the thread here. Nogano said he requested these things for all fighters and did not think that it would happen, but felt he needed to ask. Nagano, uh wanted things that had more value to him than money, like an event in Africa and felt that the negotiations were centered solely around money, which was not as important to him as other more unconventional requirements that he had hoped for possible that could possibly be true but also it could be that he just knows that the numbers that they're saying are nothing close to what he's being quoted by the boxing people they're offering him eight million dollars 12 million dollars oh this is a crazy great deal he's got somebody else in his ear guaranteeing him 20 we'll give you 20 million dollars for one fight and they're like offered him eight million for maybe three fights i don't know Uh, Again, Nagano says that having boxing in his contract was not a deal-breaker. He wanted a three-fight deal that he could deliver upon quickly, barring injury, so that he could be free agent. And if the UFC had an interest in a boxing crossover, they could explore it. Nagano says that he has been a free agent since early mid-December, but did not go public with it out of respect to the negotiations with the UFC gone on whether he feels UFC will stay true to their word and not match any offer he receives I don't care they can match if they want yeah see so that's another thing like they still have that option that's still part of in their contracts even though we got the sunset clause they still have a matching period so it could be like six months of a matching period so like any offers that come down to him in the next six months they have the option to match so he's still not technically free they could still, Trump card him and say, screw you. They could they could <laughs> sign the contract. They could sign him to the contract, sign him to the deal, and then sit him and bench him till he's 40. And then what? Like, seriously, and then what? Naganu feels he still has a lot to give to the sport of mixed martial arts and also hopes to achieve something in the boxing world. Naganu says that he doesn't take any of his this personally. And one thing he has learned is to never say never and says down the road, maybe he ends up in the UFC again, but on his terms. All right. That's uh, interesting. Not bad. Not bad. <coughs> um, what's the next one? What's the next one? Okay. So let's go to this. Um. This is a little video by. I'm going to share this. Luke Thomas, who did a pretty good job with this. I'm going to share this so you guys can listen in. And this is a good point because this, to me, a lot of a lot of people keep saying this, like, who's he going to fight? Who's he going to fight? Who's he going to fight? I don't care. I'm watching. I fight anybody. But it's also a clear demonstration of how much of a monopoly the UFC is. And I'll let Luke does a great job with this. so I'm just going to let him go. And I'll see if uh, <clears throat> we can get this done right here. this better? I think that's better.
1: For people magic, think, they people do. think it's a dunk when they go, well, who's okay, he left UFC. Yeah, real smart guy. Who are you going to fight out there? Right. The fact that he might not have a lot of great opponents inside MMA and has to go to boxing tells you how much the industry is controlled by a dominant single player that it tells you the industry is fucked in that way because the the number one heavyweight on the planet in MMA might have a hard time finding opponents that people care about because the vast majority of them in that weight class and every other one are locked up by a single promoter. But let me make just one point, BC, that I just want to be clear about something. And it's some, I've been in MMA for a <coughs> long time, and this is one thing that I've not always gotten right in my much smaller, more diminutive role relative to Francis Ngannou. It's I mean, it, infinitesimally smaller, but if you play a role in the sport, you'd be, you, I think you should think about this. Fighter pay sometimes becomes what people think is a conversation about dollars. And the vast majority of the time, it is. There are a lot of people who feel like a lot of fighters who are underpaid and just want more money to get through the next camp or to reach a certain goal and then get out of the sport when they've got enough money, right? I just want to use fighting to get rich and, or to, you know, to set my family up, buy some property, go on to my next chapter of my life. And I think that's all great. I think people associate fighter pay with dollars. But at the heart of fighter pay, is actually about treatment, is actually about treatment and how we consider the plight of fighters more broadly and whether or not we care about them and whether or not we care about their interests and who's looking out for them. And by the way, sometimes, often, they are their own worst advocate. I saw Charles Jordan speaking out against changes to fighter pay, which to me is incomprehensible. But this is the key for Francis, BC. This is the key. There are a lot of people who don't mind getting into the sport, taking from it, and leaving. And that's true of managers fighters promoters media brands who are sponsors you name it
0: why is that a thing why is that a thing how many other professional sports are kind of like that not as many and it's because of how monopolized things are it becomes frustrating okay and he doesn't think about this or why but it's frustrating for anybody whether it's a fighter manager coach to get involved in the sport when it's so heavily controlled by outside entities, it's frustrating. And it eventually you get to the point where you're like, screw it, man. I'm just going to take what I can and I'm getting out. Get away from you slime balls. Get away from you scumbags. It is because the, the the business model to MMA is corrupt. It's corruption. It's conflict of interest. The, the promoters control the title. They control ascension to the title. That's 100% conflict of interest. 100% needs to stop, and that's why people leave. People will take what they can from the sport and get the hell out because you can't win in a rigged market. The UFC's got their thumb on the scale. You get frustrated after a while, and you end up going somewhere else, and that's a big reason why I think the, the light heavyweight and the heavyweight weight class are weak. They're so much weaker than they should be because big, strong athletes who are that big, 205 to 265 pounds, don't fight they do, they play some other sport they're going to box then do boxing or they're going to go in in some other place Hell, even even like heavyweight pro kickboxers have more free agency and can travel more and fight more than mma fighters so i i think yeah it, it's it the monopoly causes people just to want to leave it's frustrating
1: francis like all of us has partly been a taker right he has been paid and he's rendered some services but it looks to me like what he actually wants to do is to make mma better and he actually wants to sacrifice some of his long-term interests including maybe even his short-term interests in order to make mma better now i am skeptical this will work quite candidly but that is at the heart of what he is doing that is what he is sacrificing on the off altar of future greatness there's just not many people. I've been around for almost 15, actually a little more than 15 years at this point covering the sport. There are not many people, especially ones who are in lofty positions where they can get paid, who are willing to sacrifice some of that in the hopes of making the sport actually more equitable and actually more fair because they actually think not merely about themselves, but about how the broader system should work. That- I, I,
0: I disagree. I disagree with Luke. He hasn't reached out to the people who have done actual stuff. He's, he's doing this for himself. I think it's good that he's doing this. I think it's really good. I'm supportive of it. I'm applauding it. But I don't think he, he's really going out of his way to help people. He, he would have reached. Why didn't he reach out to Randy Couture? He's not going to talk to Randy Couture and have a sit down with Randy Couture? Seriously? Why? If you're serious about changing the sport and to think that he's sacrificing my ass, he's sacrificing. He'll make more money in one boxing fight than he made in his entire UFC career. He could fight a nobody on one of Jake Paul's cards, and he'll make more money. I already said it. I'll pay to watch him fight anybody. I don't care. I want to watch Francis Ngannou knock somebody out. I want to see that power. I want to see the hardest recorded punching power ever in UFC history. I want to see him hit somebody. I don't care who it is. I don't. I do not care. And there are plenty of people. There are lots of people who are just like me. They don't care. I do not care. I want to watch him fight somebody, anybody. Make it happen. Here's my hundred dollars. Take it. Okay. He's not. Hamza. Okay. Francis read out to Randy. Ray did read out to Randy. Randy told him to leave. To leave what? Leave the UFC. Mm. Yeah. Good. Good. Hopefully he comes with us and lobbies Congress. I'll believe that he's serious about changing the sport. All of these guys, all of these guys, anybody who says they want to do better for the, the sport MMA, they want to make things better. They care about the fighters. Anybody who says that if they're not willing to go to DC and lobby with us, or they're not vocally supporting and advocating for the lawsuit, screw you. You're not serious. You're, you're not a serious person. You only care about making things better for yourself. You're not a serious person. You're not serious about making things better for people. Somebody who really has sacrificed are people who left and took stands and then had no, had no future to jump off to. Guys who are like, nope, I'm taking a stand because you guys are scumbags, but I don't I know I don't have any options outside of here. I don't have a boxing opportunity, I don't have any opportunity, but I'm gonna take a stand and fight anyways. That's somebody who's actually gives a shit. That's something I respect. You're not gonna gain anything from what you're doing personally. Okay, that that's that's remarkable. That's something to look up to, but he's not that. He's going to profit off of this. No matter what he does, he's going to be better off than he was if he stayed. People want to watch the fighter, not the fucking promotion. All right? hundred percent. Oh. Um. Yeah, but I don't know this guy. Oh, he walked away from eight million dollars, and now he's going to make twenty million dollars. Like he's oh, he's taking such a risk. Oh my God, he's the heavyweight champion of the world. He could go right now, and and um, become an actor. You're telling me that Francis Ngannou can't be an extra, a villain in some character? Put him in Black Panther. Make him a villain in that movie. He'll make way more money in that. And the UFC won't be able to interfere and say no. Okay, dokie. <clears throat> what else do we have? Okay. okay. So um, there was a great point by Luke Thomas about how this is absolute proof that UFC has a monopoly. You know, oh, well, he's got no one to fight now. There's no one in MMA to fight. What's he going to do? Who are we going to watch him fight? Well, okay. That shows the market share and the monopoly UFC has. That doesn't happen in boxing. How many times have you heard of a boxing uh, a boxer leave a boxing promoter and then, oh, there's nobody for him to fight? It's never happened because they leave that promoter, they can go to another promoter, and they can still, if they have the ranking, they own their ranking. They own their titles. We don't. They're not even real-world titles. they're just the trophy. They bestow on the best fighter that night. And that's why uh, we'll get to this in a little bit. But DJ, DJ talks about pay a little bit. Remember uh, Demetrius Johnson, right? That dude ended up getting like 10 belts from them because they said, well, the title belt isn't a world title belt. It's a, just a it's an, an ornament to award to the best fighter that night. It's not a world title, so he's like, okay, well, if it's an award you give at, after the fight, I want I want a new one after each time I win. So he ended up getting like ten belts or whatever is how many times he defended, right? He was costing them money, so that's when they decided to start putting little gems in the belt right? So you win your belt and every time you win it again, you get a new gem in your belt instead of a brand new belt. That's why they change things around to save money. The scumbags. They're such, <laughs> such scumbags. Um, what's the uh, thing? Okay. So this is something um, real quick by Josh Gross commenting on a Rogan comment, comment of a comment of a comment uh, right here. And this is nice. right, Joe Rogan talking about Francis and John Jones. Joe Rogan said, I'm mad because I feel like we were deprived of one of the great fights in MMA, one of the most compelling fights in MMA. You're right. Right now, it's the most compelling fight in MMA, right? And Josh Gross says, the argument that the best fighters always take place in the UFC and nowhere else is marketing. Marketing, only marketing. All right. Quite a few fights haven't happened for all sorts of reasons. Most notably, the way business is conducted. That's the most notable reason. And we can shut that and then open up <laughs> a new one. And we can go to the original fight that was stolen from us by the greedy dirt bags in the UFC. Oh, where did it go? Oh, did I lose it? Oh, I lost it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, anyways, I lost the thing. But the um, the fight that we lost, the original fight we lost was Fedor versus Randy Couture. It was a done deal. They had, there was an offer on the table for $5 million flat for him to fight Fedor. UFC wouldn't let the fight happen. We got robbed. Us, the fans, got robbed of watching Randy Couture and Fedor Emileiko fighting at their primes, at their primes because of UFC's business model. But boxing, but boxing, yeah. boxing never did the best fights. You're morons. You you are below 100 IQ level. You're mids, if you believe that. your mid-intelligence, mid-wit. It's not true. We've lost way more fights because of UFC's business model. Way more. Sorry, ma'am. It's just marketing and you're dumb if you believe it. Now, let's get to some more BS, (laughs) right? And this is a little video of DJ, and DJ's talking about his pay, okay, and how much he was paid and whatever during title fights, okay? This is you're talking about like pound for pound, one of the greatest ever. And they, man, they, they did him so dirty because they never put him on a card with other multiple titles. If they would have gave him the rounder, rounder Rousey treatment and if they would have gave him and put him in her spot on those same cards, he would have made so much more money and been so much more popular. But they purposely buried him because he wins too much. They hate guys who win too much. If you're not representing a market that they need to get into, they don't want you to win all the time because it costs them too much money. They don't want to pay you, scumbags. We get in here to uh, D.J.,
2: I will, When I fought Dominic Cruz, I was on the contract. I think I was fighting for, it was 14 to 14. Yeah, I lost to Dominic Cruz, so I made 14K. Then I was about to fight uh, Eddie Weiland and that didn't go through. So I fought Ian uh, e. McCall in Australia. I was on that same contract. And then I got a new contract when I fought E. McCall the second time. I think I got bumped up to 20 and 20. So I beat E. McCall and then I fought Joseph Benavidez. And then I was still on that 20 and 20. So when I fought John Dotson, I made 23 and 23. And then when I fought John Moraga, I think it was 23, 23. Then I went like 26 to 26. And then when I fought Joseph Benavidez, I think it was like 30 and 30. And then I finally got a new contract as a champion. And I think it was 125 and 50, but I couldn't get pay-per-view points. And that's where a champion makes most of their bang for the buck is the pay-per-view points. Because if you get on a card with Conor McGregor and he does 2.1 million buys, and you just do the fucking math, you're going to make a shitload of money. I never got the opportunity to do that. So when they try to stiff arm me to fight to do a shot, I was like, yeah, pay me fucking million dollars and I'll do it. This is a super fight. Let's make some super money. They were never wanting to do that. So that's why I came out with that, that basically pushing back. Like, when does a champion have leverage? When does a champion be able to get what's due to him? Right? I'm going on my 7th and 8th, he's to eight, like a defense. You got fucking CM Zero. Punk over 17. here. He's making 500 bones and it's his second fight in the UFC. That's where that chip on my shoulder came from.
0: Right? So they won't give him pay-per-views. He can't get the pay-per-view points. They're not paying him his worth. They want him to do super fights. And then some jackass comes out of nowhere because he's a popular pro wrestler, and they pay him half a million dollars. And he's like, what the hell is just happening? He's like fighting for titles for $33,000. You can argue that you know lighter weights, not as many people watch them or whatever, but... like he should have the opportunity to sell a card. and they never really gave him that and and they never compounded the titles or big fights on a card. If they really want to push somebody, that's what they do. Uh, All right, let's see mir super chat says, I don't know why Dana doesn't promote black fighters except John. Can you imagine if he would have promoted DJ MMA would be MMA would replace boxing in the hoods. um I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I, uh, they do things because of of market share, like making money, right? And the black population isn't isn't that big in the U.S. to drive the money in. I, I don't think so. Like that's why they ignore it. I think they ignore a lot of the black fighters. I think if there is a market, I mean, I think one of the reasons Francis couldn't get into Africa to do a show is like. Like who's gonna pay for it? Like where are they gonna sell that? They can't make money off of it. They don't care about doing the right thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's all madness. It's all madness. But yeah, everything's everything else is good. <laughs> What'd you guys, what'd you guys think of the fight? Am I am I off on the Francis? Should I just be like, oh, he's the new savior? He's the guy. He's gonna make it happen. He's the one. Or is he another guy who's just manipulating things to get enough for himself to be happy? Is he really sacrificing? Is he really taking that big of a risk? If he walks away from the sport right now and tries to do acting or something, what what do you think the likelihood is that he I I don't care, man. You can put him in probably three, four, or five movies, even if he's not a great actor. He just looks imposing. You just have to like make a new Predator movie and put him in there. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I would watch that. I would watch that. I'd watch him box. I'd watch him in a movie. I think he could make he could make more money in entertainment than he ever made fighting, quite honestly. I don't think he's taking a risk. He's walking away from the situation as the greatest heavyweight, arguably the greatest. You know, uh, Steep, Miochik, you can argue that he was too, but then Francis did beat him finally. He upped his game enough to beat him. So I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't really see it as that huge of a risk. I think he's going to make – I think he did the right thing because he's going to make more money away from them than with them, quite honestly. He's built his name enough to not need those three logos. The UFSC. Doesn't need him. You don't think he'll do acting, Hamza? I think it would be a mistake if like he needs the if he needs the money, I think he should just do one role <laughs> for fun and get paid more than the UFC's eight million dollar offer. That would be hilarious, I think. <laughs> he play some stupid role in some stupid movie and not even do that good of a job, and he still makes more money than fighting for them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In other (laughs) news, I don't know. uh, I get this. I get really annoyed (laughs) when people use like a crutch, like they attack other people and they hide behind their crutch, like if you're handicapped, right? You're going to talk mad shit about people and attack them and go after them say horrible things whenever you can about them. But the second they're like, hey, I'm going to smack you in the mouth for being a jackass, you're like, ooh, but I'm crippled. I think that's pathetic. And it's 2023. We're supposed to treat everybody equally, right? Right? You're supposed to treat everybody equally. So if if some jackass is talking shit and he's fully healthy adult male, I'll probably smack him in the mouth or something similar. Why shouldn't I do that to anybody else? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Isn't that what equality is? Isn't that what equity is? Hand out bitch slaps to everyone equally? (laughs) Uh, I am here. You're right. I am here says, I think there is potential for Francis to make a difference in fighter rights, but is still currently concerned with his boxing money as well. Okay, so I'm saying that his first priority is to make money through his boxing stuff. But him doing that definitely benefits us. It benefits everybody because he's opening the door and he's shining light and lights the best way to, to disinfect, right? Shine light on the dirty shit and him, uh, you know, sharing, uh, negotiating tactics, the things that he talked about, uh, the money's offered. That's all. It's all great. It's all helpful. It's all helpful. Cause it's all, um, you know, transparent transparency the more transparency the better for everybody and then him having the balls to stand up to them and not be bullied okay you're talking about like the most powerful puncher like guy guy's amazing he's an amazing fighter he's beat some amazing fighters himself and dan is like oh he just doesn't want to fight anymore like who's buying that is anybody buying that oh he's afraid to fight (laughs) he must not he just doesn't have it anymore (laughs) Fucking bald loser. <laughs> uh, oh man. All right. I think it's time to wrap it up. Um money and and likes don't make you cool. They don't make you actually popular. It doesn't. It's not it's not the metric to judge goodness or greatness by. Um people who do great things generally have an easier time making money, but it doesn't. You know, a lot of scoundrels, scumbags, and weasels have money. People can pay for likes. Your average person is is not smart. It's not. Like when you under, when you when you talk to people and, and you, you you're trying to get mad because they don't understand concepts or abstracts. There's a there's a there's a four uh, 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 chan post that describes this perfectly. How people can't think in an abstract way. And you tell them something like oh on average men are taller than women and they're like oh well i know sally and sally's six five and she was the tallest girl in our class and somehow they think that's an argument that disproves what you said because they knew one person who didn't fit into that rule that rule doesn't isn't really anymore well no it's not because one person no on average, average means it's an abstract idea, an average. Some people do not understand it. They don't get it. Some people are really dumb. They're just, they just are. You have to understand that some people are kind of stupid. All right. Yep, you said it right there. Tyler Dern's a stupid name. All right. World class. Stay savage. Try to be kind. Be kind. Be kind. Be kind. All right. I am here. And uh, Hamza Mir, I just officially made you guys uh, moderators on the YouTubes because you guys have been in the chats a while and uh, quite supportive. Thank you very much. Very good. Very good. All right. Tony Flores chiming in saying, Dana talks a lot of smack, but it just bait to sign a lesser deal. GSP talked about it in his negotiations with Dana. Yeah, it's like the old um, Trump it's like the old Trump negotiating tactic, right? Where you say something outrageous too outlandish on one side so that the next offer seems reasonable, even though it's still <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Pat, yo, thanks for coming in. Good to have you here. Thank you very much. Hamza Mir with super chat saying Fedor vs. Ryan on February 4th. Be interesting. Be interesting. Very, very interesting. But again like i'm watching these fights and i have more hope in the sport and i'm much more excited since you know the the sunset clause stuff going on but at the end of the day it's still very frustrating and forced because um it's not a free market these, these guys do not have free agency we do not have Fighters who own their titles, they do not own their ranks. We should have um, uh, cross promotional events. Like that—that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. Until we're there, it's all going to be a little bit crapped. I'm here. Okay. Oh, Usually, moderators. All you—all you guys do is—you uh, have. Um, Rules, you have uh, powers. You have powers. I gave you powers. I gave you superpowers. You get to um, time people out or remove uh, things. If somebody is making, uh, like, putting racial slurs in the chat, get rid of them right away because they'll shut down the channel. That's got to go. Anytime, like People try to put in porn links or whatever stuff, shut. you guys can shut that down. Or if you just get, like, one of these trolls who just tries to upset everybody, you can pop on that and you can remove them or block them also. That way, if I'm in the middle of the stream and I'm going, I don't have to stop and like moderate myself and kick people out. We had, we had one troll in the chat today and I had to take a couple seconds to get rid of them. But, <clears throat> but yeah, so I got a couple of you guys now. Um, you have the power, you have some power, all right? It's great to have you guys watching, man. Thanks a lot. You guys have been solid. Numbers are going up slowly. I'm all about the slow growth. Um, because with the slow growth with you guys, I feel like I'm, I'm curating very intelligent people. I'm getting smart followers, people that have critical thinking ability and can think abstractly. And I would rather grow slowly with smart people like you than get popular overnight. And I got a bunch of dumbasses in my chat all the time who don't understand simple concepts. Like men are on average are taller than women. <laughs> but I know Sally you guys <laughs> <They're> Sally's who <laughs> uh, interesting uh, Brandon Hunter says Fitch can you host another rule zero focusing on self-defense possibly I gotta see is that possible to do an entire um, show on though you know I don't know how much input the other guys can have on it uh, it's actually gonna be my turn to host this Saturday so I will be um, looking for a topic for for Saturday. I'm going to try to find something. Something I'm interested in and and uh, it's going to bring help to other people and they need. Yep. 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 All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Appreciate you all. I'm going to get the uh... <laughs> Brandon says, I'm sure Aaron Clare would have plenty to stay. Yeah, more than likely. More than likely. Aaron's got great stuff to say. I should have him on the show. I don't know. Some of these guys, I'm going to make them, tell them just to watch a fight. And then we can talk about the fights. And I'll tell them to take notes about the fights or something. I don't know. I had a great, because I had a great, was a great talk with um, grandmaster from Mexican Martial Arts the other uh, the other day. So it's good to have other people on the show sometimes. All right, guys. I think that's it. Make sure you're... uh. Ready for the robot dogs? Check out the robot dog stuff. All right, go to the links below. Go to the spreadsheet. I think you find the, follow the link tree or whatever. Follow the spreadsheet. You can find that stuff. Okay. Go to johnfish.net. Sign up for the newsletter. Okay. I got uh. Stuff on gumroad. I got a practical intro to practical self-defense is free available already on gumroad in the description below and then um, I'm working on the uh, Practical self-defense. I'm working on the next level up of that that first free one Uh, I just have to type all this stuff out and make the PDF But it's taking longer because they got life and kids and whatever But we'll get there. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right again Thanks for watching and uh, I'll check you all later.